man. Luna Tooney was guilty of improper tuna canning, which led to my personal pain, distress, aquatic fever, and general tuna-induced discomfort. Because of you, I am now paranoid. Mm -hmm. I am traumatized, well, and fishophobic. Right. Now, I demand $10 million. Now, what you got to say about that? That's right. <laughs> That's my man throwing down. That's know right. what I'm saying? Miss, I know my bill of left. I know my constipation. That's right. Hey, I ain't going nowhere. Hey, nowhere. What? Aren't you glad? You watch it. You watch it. You watch it, Nick. Aren't you glad? You watch it. You watch it. You watch it, Nick. Good morning, Gut Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name is Joey. I'm Andrew. Bobby Vaughn. Ooh. <laughs> what? <That's laughs> Full name. Oh, uh, <laughs> I can just go by Bobby. <laughs> you call yourself whatever you want. I've been saying Bobby Vaughn a lot lately. Yeah. Because I, uh, I'm i in a band, but I'm no longer that band name. So right. Making a change. We've talked about, uh, you, so you've been in The Promise Hero for a long time. 2006. Yeah. Wow. But you're going solo. Solo yeah. bolo. Uh, yeah. It kind of became a solo project after 2008 or something when my band members were like, we don't want to do music anymore. Yeah. But I just grew the confidence the other day. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm ready to do this after. So Was there a well. moment? Was there a moment where you're like, I'm just going by Bobby? Um, well, there was not a moment. I I was continuing to record music, thinking that this is going to be the next Promise Hero, and so I kind of put a lot of money into this last recording of one song, and I started showing people, and I kind of released it very sm- like not anything big. I didn't. Yeah. And then that song is now the first song as Bobby Vaughn oh. after uh, discussing it with a lot of people and, and getting my my eggs in a row. Is that what you say? Eggs in a row? Eggs in a uh. basket? <laughs> I, think I think they're fine either way. <laughs> That's part of why I'm... Who uh, wants tar- eggs in a basket? I, I don't know. I, I just know there's, there's some Oh, expression. it's a food. Actually, it's a delicious food. Eggs, eggs in, in a basket? basket? I don't know. Oh, yeah, it is. That's how I'm That's getting good. my pigs in a basket for this next uh, release. So... Mm. <laughs> well, someone uh, we were mentioning to you before we started recording, uh, one of our listeners had shouted you out saying they bought your album and really enjoyed it. That's amazing. So, yeah. We're, uh, we'd encourage you if you're interested, you're on iTunes, right? Is Bobby yeah, Vo- still uh, the Promise, Promise Hero. Hero. And then mm-hmm. are you on Spotify? Yep. The Promise Hero. Cool. Yeah. So the sweet sounds of this voice, you can, you can hear <laughs> mm-hmm. the music he makes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh wait so what episode are we talking about uh, this is episode 135 and we're talking the tainting of the screw yeah keenan and kill of course <laughs> uh voted number one by our listeners their favorite keenan and kill episode i think that sounds right oh yeah yeah i'm confused <laughs> you no know? tainting of the screw you guys agree that that's a good episode Oh, wow. Sorry. No, 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 no. I no, think... I'm excited you're coming with a hot negative take. <laughs> I just uh, <laughs> I just thought there there was more to offer in other episodes. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm just, no. I yeah. Wow. No, well, I think it is generally seen as a classic. Yeah. Uh, you know, as far as <laughs> Keenan and Co. classics go. There was no orange soda, was there? Like, he was drinking there's, orange Oh, there's yeah. an appearance he's, already. He's <laughs> drinking it, but he doesn't go crazy over it. No, uh, no but he has a, a seemingly stolen it. <laughs> exactly. I thought that was not that was not a good uh, role model type of thing to, to demonstrate. Oh. Oh, and that's huh. what you're looking for. 
Uh, I like uh, <laughs> laughing. I just don't like laughing at the expense of maybe becoming a bad person, you know, teaching okay. people the, a bad ethic. Yeah. Thing. Kel's full of that. They both are, really. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he got caught, you know. He doesn't even get caught as much kind as of. his conscious just conscience won't allow him to proceed with this lie. Uh, no, oh, I mean the uh, stealing of the orange soda. Oh. <laughs> kind of. I mean, whatever his face is, the owner, Chris, Chris Rigby, or whatever, he's like, did you pay Rigby. for that? Whatever he says. Chris Rigby. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, but no, he's a little lenient on it, teaching people that maybe it's okay to steal things because yeah. they'll just be lenient. Anyways, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry to go no, down that path. Good it's of just, you. There were just a few things about this episode that I'm like, you know, it's demonstrating weird mm. things that people could think might be okay to do. But there, I have to say there was a scene that I laughed pretty hard at, and I did not expect to laugh that hard. So I, uh, I can't wait to find out. Oh, sure. Your pinnacle moment. <laughs> uh, the, I, do ha- I did have a line that I also, that really made me laugh. And it's not a prominent moment, but it was just so sneaky funny. Huh. I mean, I have a couple funny moments. They're not lines, but... Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, this episode aired um, August 17th, 1996. Uh, mm. 8.30 Saturday. That's SNCC. Uh, oh. For those keeping track. Uh, it's season one, episode two. So this is, you yeah. know, right out of the gate. What series has good episodes in season one that, you know, I feel like season one's everybody's, you know, like there's some hmm. hot moments, but everybody always seems to like later seasons of series is that true or am i I just i think that's true though i think in the case of nickelodeon a lot of times it's like opposite somehow Mm. yeah i'm not sure how that worked but i often like the first season or two and then like as it gets later i'm starting to fall off huh i obviously am not paying attention to nickelodeon that much but i'm I'm happy to be here thank you for having me Um, so, as we like to do, uh, we haven't talked about August of 1996, although funny, because we just did talk about the year 1996, so you're going to hear some familiar (laughs) stuff here. Um, so in August of 1996, George R.R. Martin publishes the first Game of Thrones novel, A Song of Ice and Fire, Mm. which I believe was your pick. Love it. Yeah. uh, Your favorite book of 1996. Okay. I I haven't read any of those books. Uh, are they big? Yes, they're quite big. Like a thousand pages. Okay. Plus. Okay. I thought you meant uh, big as in popular. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard of them? Have you heard of this Game of Thrones? <laughs> Did, do you like the TV show? Have you watched it? I know I saw an episode and I thought it was epic. Epic. Oh, epic. Okay. <laughs> but just I, a random one you saw? Just, I don't know if somebody was watching it. I just remember like, oh, this is a good show I could get into, but I'm, I never found the time. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, the Ram- the Ramones play their last show in August oh. of 1996. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the U.S. men's basketball team wins the gold medal uh, at the U.S. Olympics in Atlanta. Uh, so go uh, go Very U.S. Good. men. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Andre Agassi also wins gold. You remember Andre Agassi? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know why. I, I mean, he was really popular. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was like, it was like him and Pete Sampras as far as uh, huh. men's tennis players. Uh, I don't know the other name. <laughs> Bobby <laughs> looks utterly really confused. I'm on a different planet right now. <laughs> uh, Microsoft releases Internet 3.0. And ne- Internet 3.0? That's no, what you we're think on I got right my- now? I don't know. In 96, I guess. Huh. Yeah. Weird. I mean, okay. Right. Netscape uh, 3.0 browser is also released. Does hmm. that sound right? Uh, maybe. I remember using Netscape. Okay. 
Just not the numbers. Just not the, the yeah, versions. Three, internet 3.0? That's like, what the research I wonder what said. it is now. Just I think which they is, probably quit on of it. The I think they probably just quit on it. No, it's just it's like it. probably Internet Explorer, <laughs> right? Oh, it's Internet Explorer. I don't know. Isn't okay. that what Microsoft is? Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought it was like the full Internet uh, three point <laughs> version three point No, wow, my, Microsoft weird. releases. Okay. Yes, yes. Uh, TV shows that premiered in uh, August of 1996. Of course, we have Keenan and Kel. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we also have Artless on HBO. <laughs> uh, MTV2, the channel, is launched. Oh. Uh, first video they play on MTV2, Where It's At by Beck. Oh, yeah, Great song. And that was a great channel for a while. Yeah, I remember, like, that's where you had to go to get your music <laughs> once, like, TRL and uh, Road Rules yeah. came Yeah, and around. they played, like, weird stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Steve Harvey show on WB premieres. Mm. <laughs> Steve Harvey fans in the room? He's a Cleveland guy. Was he always a shaved head? Uh, no. Back then? Really? I don't think so. I'm looking it up. <laughs> I'm thinking back like 96. I can't imagine what he looked like. Steve Harvey show. I can't imagine. Oh, he does have hair. Wow. A luscious head of hair. <laughs> that looks weird. But now I really remember it. I mean, like, very definitive. Is that called the Mandela effect, where it's like, I don't remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Steve Harvey never had hair. (laughs) That does seem like it could be a thing, though, right? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, Okay. Uh, We also have Seventh Heaven premiering on WB. (laughs) We had a good conversation. That's Kevin's favorite show of 1996. You ever seen that one? Um, Nope. (laughs) I think I got that confused with uh, uh, Seventh Heaven and... Friends? I never watched that show. Oh. <laughs> I remember I was like, which show am I that watching? That legitimately might be the first time anyone's confused if I Friends. Anybody, don't seven. worry. I've been my grandmother all the time. Like, she asked me about CSI Miami. I'm like, Law and Order? CSI? She gets so offended. I feel like that has to be a similar situation. Uh, yeah, uh, I've just been exposed to NCIS lately. Huh. Is that another one? Is it's that, another one. <laughs> and you like and, it? Uh... No, it's very bad, but uh, people love it. Yeah, yeah. all those captions. There's, yeah. Uh, who was t- Jay- Last time we had Jason on, he was talking about really oh, getting yeah, into cop right. shows. I must just have like some kind of pool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Malcolm and Eddie premieres on UPN mm-hmm. that month, and the Jamie Foxx show on WB. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie Foxx. So, yeah, he, Jamie Foxx was not cool until some of the movies he started Ray. doing. Yeah. Felt, yeah. Well, in living color, right? Oh yeah, he yeah. Was definitely. Cool, uh, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it. I remember like this guy is so annoying. But then I remember uh, when he played the uh, homeless guy that was musically talented uh, under the. Yeah. I was so moved by that, and then all of a sudden I'm. Was you that... mean Ray? Is that? No. Mm, right I enjoyed no. that movie too, though. I think um, it was like a single word, like unbelievable, but not that. And but... I guess it takes place in Cleveland, our oh, hometown. Huh. Oh. I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure I just read that because I was like, "What movie was yeah. that?" Oh, that's cool. Oh, Robert Downey Jr. was his exactly. Like, mentor. I do know oh, what you're no, talking no, no, about. No, 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 no. It yeah, wasn't yeah. based in Cleveland. It was filmed in Cleveland. Oh, that's oh, what I read. Okay. And okay. I was like, "They were in Cleveland. <laughs> they were in Cleveland." <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Uh, oh yeah, Cleveland's cool. The Avengers, <laughs> the Avengers was filmed here, and mm-hmm. uh, some other stuff. <laughs> a Christmas Story. Uh, <laughs> Halloween exactly. Town or something. Uh, yeah, I looked that up. That's a Nickelodeon movie. Not Halloween Town. Or it was a, um, uh, um, 
fun size. Fun size, fun, exactly. Yeah. Fun size. It's so funny that I, I was. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I was actually. Uh, I watched them set up some of the filming of that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, cool. Uh, number one single all month that month, of course, is uh, "Macarena" by oh, yeah. Los Del Rio. <laughs> Isn't that still the number one? <laughs> to me, it is. Uh, yeah, it feels like it should be. Um, also released that month, the Cardigans release an album uh, with the song we talked about a couple weeks ago, Love Fool. Just a mm. great, great song. Uh, Eels released Beautiful Freak. Um, Better Than Ezra released an album, Real Big Fish, At the Drive-In, Outcast, and Pearl Jam all released albums that month. Um, yeah. Number one movies, uh, for one week, A Time to Kill. Hmm. Don't know that one. You don't know it? No. I think it's Matthew McConaughey. He's like a lawyer. Oh, no, yeah, I do know it. Yeah. And there's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> for one week, uh, both you and I is Ferguson for 1996, Jack. Comes out. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> you remember Jack with uh, Robin Williams? Oh, absolutely. I refer to that movie all the time. <laughs> I'm so hairy. Of I course you do. Really hairy arms. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like Robin Williams and Jack. <laughs> Like, Except what? now you're actually an adult man. Yeah, yeah. I'm still hairier than other people. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, and then uh, for one uh, one week, Tin Cup. Ah, yes, yeah. Tin Cup. You Pretty good. It. Yeah, <laughs> you love it. <laughs> and then for one week, uh, The Island of Dr. Moreau. Wow, number one? Yeah, for huh. a week, yeah. I thought it did, like, terrible, but... I mean, I think it's, not. like, I think it's one of the most storied... Uh, like, like troubled the, productions. Yeah, it's one of the worst productions in Hollywood history. I think yeah. on that film. Uh, also released in August of 1996, Matilda. Uh, people love that. People do love it. You know it. I loved it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, probably because uh, just my upbringing, I could relate to yeah. it somehow. I wasn't adopted. I just felt like I was sometimes. So. Mm. Uh, <laughs> we'll, Anyways, we'll dig deeper into that later. I guess. <laughs> Uh, Escape from L.A., House Arrest, uh, Bordello of Blood, which mm, yeah. came up, uh, a very Brady sequel, uh, The First Kid, Sinbad, oh yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> and then something, uh, someone emailed us, uh, you know, saying that they were upset we forgot to mention on 1996, oh. and honestly, I was upset more so that I forgot it as far as Ferguson's, uh, The Stupids. Oh, of course, we didn't talk about them. No, yeah. we didn't talk about The Stupids. Uh, a pain, yeah, I, a painfully terrible movie. I kind of like it as a bad, like I mean, I like it as watching a bad movie. Yeah. You know? Maybe I need to revisit it. Maybe yeah. I think I mean, it's funny now. Come on. Well, I, I don't know if Tom Arnold's what's going to sell me on it. And then number one uh, or video games to come out in August of 1996, we have Tekken 2 for PlayStation. Uh, we have Tetris Attack for the Super Nintendo. Uh, we have Madden NFL for uh, Madden NFL 1997. Uh, we have Beyond the Beyond for PlayStation, and we have Jet Moto for PlayStation. Hmm. You like any of those? Slow month for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that wraps up August of 1996. Do you want to talk a little bit about Tainting of the Screw? Let's do it. So the episode starts with Keenan coming out to introduce the show by himself. And the crowd wonders where Kel is. I wondered the same thing. <laughs> something pokes You up. didn't, Bobby? Uh, I knew he was up to something. <laughs> wow. Your whole attitude towards this episode is sketchy. Uh, 
I, I understand that they are a dynamic duo and <laughs> they need each other. So I knew when he wasn't there, I'm like, what's it going to be? <laughs> but, you know, this is the well, first very season. Very smart of you. It's the first season. I'm sure people were at the time like, what's going on? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah episode true. two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, something pokes out from the curtain and smacks Keenan in the head. So he yanks on it and Kel stumbles onto the stage with his fishing gear. When Keenan sees the tuna Kel caught, he gets an idea, and they run off to start the show. Yeah. And let me just say that this makes no sense uh, <laughs> for what's to come. I don't say. <laughs> Keenan gets an idea? Like, this episode has nothing to do with him having an idea. No, it doesn't. This is a tuna fish. <laughs> so, man, let's start the show. All right, now, tonight's show starts off like this. See what happened? <laughs> see that? <laughs> um, Keenan, uh, why are you smiling at my tuna, man? Oh, man, I'm just thinking. About what? About you? Me? Tuna? I gotta go, man. Okay. Don't be thinking about me and Tuna, man. Not smiling and stuff like that. Bruh. Oh, here it goes. Uh, there, I thought there was something... I don't know if the right word is derogatory, but I remember feeling like uh, Kel saying... I don't know what your idea is, but you're smiling and you're touching that fit. I'm like, what? What is he referring to? Uh, I think he, I think he wasn't he just thinking about I, they want he wanted to eat fish with Kel. Uh, I think I have no idea, but I feel like there's a little bit of adult sense of humor happening there. An innuendo? I did not approve of it. Whatever I thought it might be, wow. I was like, whatever it might be. This sounds like, like this sounds in, internal to you, Bobby. <laughs> I did. I grew up with a, a crazy family that I'm always like, come on, guys, let's be PG here, you know? And I feel like whenever I see, like, people doing, uh, like, kind of edging that way on TV and it's supposed to be a kid's show. So I started getting this oh. idea, like, when he's, like, flapping the fish around with his hand and smiling and Kel's yeah. like, I don't know why you're smiling at that fish and thinking about me at the same time. I'm like, I don't know what this is. Let's just start the episode. I, I, I took oh, it. Here it goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Um... <laughs> I didn't quite get the. What do you? I, guys did, I, I definitely about? didn't. I thought he wanted to eat the fish. Yeah. I just wanted... thought they were like doing a terrible transition into the episode. But... <laughs> you had no idea what they were talking about, though. <laughs> no, no, I'm not sure that they knew what they were talking about. Usually, when someone's smiling at something and flapping it around, and I don't know. I know. I get what you're saying. It was a little weird. A little weird. It was weird. That's yeah. It rubbed me the wrong way. Let's do two more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure none of this will be there. there. Okay. <laughs> so at Keenan's house, Kel startles Roger into spilling coffee on himself, and he leaves to change his shirt. Why is Kel already there? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess it's kind of a funny idea, but... Yeah. Um, I, I thought he was getting ready to go to, to school, but... They're about to watch but a yeah, game. Yeah, they don't go to school, yeah. so I'm not sure. Um, Keenan and Kel mime playing basketball with a tomato... And Kel inadvertently squashes the tomato on Roger's fresh T-shirt. Um, I really hate this uh, basketball tomato thing. Yeah, how did he not see him? Oh, I just thought it was a very bad, very poor, like, fun game to invent. Um, you know, I can't. I don't. I must have blocked this from memory. <laughs> I don't remember this happening. It's like they're getting excited for the basketball game coming up, so they're like. Yeah. Miming, playing it with the tomato. This tomato. Okay, it wasn't good. <laughs> Maybe but I, okay. it makes me feel like it was kind of hurried writing in yeah, a way. Like yeah. we gotta have something yeah. wacky happen. We can't just nothing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I loved it. 
<laughs> well, Cheryl hurries Roger out the door to take Aunt Bertha to the hospital, and she tells Keenan that she left a can of tuna for him for lunch. Mm-hmm. Strangely. Curiously. <laughs> uh, as soon as Keenan's parents leave, he enlists Kel's help in making a tuna sandwich. But before they finish, Keenan remembers the basketball game they've been waiting for, and he runs to turn on the TV. The game has already started, and he yells for Kel to bring his sandwich to the living room. Come on, I'm about to tip off. Hey, bring my sandwich, you know. Shoot. Appreciate it. So what's your prediction? I say the Bulls by 26. Yeah? I say Bulls by 26. Hey, man, you can't predict the same thing I do. That's not fun. Let me go. When Kel realizes what's happening, he performs the Heimlich maneuver, saving Keenan's life. Yeah. Can you believe it? <laughs> the thing that I liked about that was it's educational. It's teaching people that there is something to do when someone's, That's true. you know, because it's something you learn in yeah, health class. Sure. Not everybody's paying attention. Sure. So I like that. I don't know if you guys have noticed, <laughs> but I, I take, I, I am very, I can't watch something that's goofy without like thinking like, what am I learning from this? <laughs> I, that's how I am. That's why okay. I love Star Trek. I'm sorry. Oh. Anyways, well, what, you, what is it about Star Trek that feels right to you? Oh my gosh, don't even start. Every piece <laughs> of it. Like, every piece of technology is something that we want to have today, you know, and that's why we are holding yeah. tablets, and that's why we're, that's what they say. They say that, uh, somebody is saying it, that uh, Star Trek is <laughs> inspirational to the technology we have. So A brighter future. But Absolutely, and that's just the technology part. There's all of the they address all the social issues that we face today, and even though this all the Star Trek series have been created over the last few decades since the '70s, they are still relatable today, and you can still apply the, the lessons that you learn in every episode. Yeah. What's your favorite Star Trek? Well, in preparation of Picard coming out, um, I have to watch Voyager because if you've seen the advertisements, they feature Seven of Nine, who's uh, oh. an officer from Voyager. I'm like, well, I guess I have to watch Voyager now so I understand her background. Yeah. Boy, there's like seven epi- seven seasons and I'm on the fifth season and I'm finally enjoying it. I'm finally entertained. <laughs> I was It's excruciating, but I'm... I'm excruciating? Wow. <clears throat> isn't, isn't Voyager Janeway? Absolutely, and I love everything about it now, but the first five seasons, I was like, are these just the scraps and the the scripts that never made it to the next generation? Oh, boy, wow. It just wow. felt like everything was like already done before, but in different, you know. But I learned something that... A real TNG snob over here. I'd really hate to veer off in such a Star Trek uh, thing on a Nickelodeon podcast, but I learned that the whole Star Trek universe takes place in one-fourth of our... Um, Milky Way of our galaxy, huh. one fourth, and wow. then Voyager. They go through uh, something happens where they end up on the opposite side of our galaxy, uh-huh. and that's them taking seventy years at warp, <laughs> at warp six or whatever it is, which is very fast. Taking them seventy years to get back just to the quadrant of. I always thought Star Trek was more like Star Wars. I never realized this until I've watched Voyager, where it just takes place in any random space in the universe. Mm. I did not realize yeah. how tiny of a little blip Star Trek actually is, which makes me open my eyes of how big our galaxy actually yeah. is and how many things that are still All mysterious. Those 
Star Trek stories all took place, right? Just in right our, there. yeah, our little corner. Section. Yeah. <clears throat> Very interesting. So sorry. Yeah. No, that's all right. <laughs> do, you, do you have a Star Trek tattoo? I do. It's, uh, huh. it's the, uh, boop. Oh. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Yeah, very nice. Uh, we'll have to take a photo and post that if you guys want to see what <laughs> Can I mention something uh, sure. strange? Yeah. Um, did you notice that it's morning time, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but they're turning on a basketball game. I was going to ask. Uh, why? The Bulls would never play at like 10 a.m. Uh, so, yeah, they would have to be. I was going to say if Wolf is on the West Coast, but no, that would even they're be. They're in Chicago. That would be, yeah, so. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Interesting. The Bulls would not play. Yeah. Well, yep. <laughs> big plot holes. Uh, once Keenan recovers, he says something got stuck in his throat, and he discovers that there was a screw in his tuna. They take the screw to Rigby's to show Chris the authority. <laughs> now I know why you guys are laughing, because I thought it was Chris Rigby. I'm like, wait, it's not Chris Rigby. He essentially just confirms it's a screw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but he sets them up with his lawyer cousin. You know a lawyer we can call? Sure, my cousin's a lawyer. Hey, my cousin's in the circus. So? So, Chris tells me you found some hardware in your tuna lunch. Yes. Now, if we actually sue this tuna company, how much money do you think we can get? Well, in cases like these, it's not unusual to ask for as much as five or ten million <laughs> You're drooling, man. <laughs> ten million, ten million, ten million, ten, ten million dollars. Possible. Oh! <laughs> Do you know what we can buy with ten million bucks? But when the lawyer asks for forty percent, Keenan decides to represent himself. He sends out a press release to all the local newspapers and news stations to try to sway public opinion in his favor. Very. <laughs> resourceful <laughs> I um, love I love that he's listing all the like I'm gonna reach out to TV mag- magazines <laughs> newspapers I love that we're still at the moment where like the internet's not really an yeah, option yeah. as far as how to like promote <laughs> this case contemplating his new wealth he daydreams about lavishing his friends and family with money and expensive gifts he asks what Kel's dreams of being rich look like and we see Kel surrounded by a bunch of boxes of ham. There's something about that that I related to. I, I, I'm actually a vegetarian now. But when I saw that oh. scene, I was like, there is something about ham back then. That, like, I was like, back I, then. Wow. Yeah, yeah, definitely back when this came out, I definitely could see myself. But even today, I was like, I used to love ham. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, maybe not wanting to use all my money on it, but definitely buy some ham. I think if this episode was a couple episodes later, they would have maybe gone with a room full of orange soda. Oh, yeah. But I realized that's not the joke yet. Like, I don't think uh, that joke had really hit yeah. as the joke for Keenan and Kelly yet. So. I was wondering seem... why this was, like, the best episode when they didn't uh, mention the orange soda as much, but yeah. it makes sense if it's not. Yeah, episode two, it's not a thing yet. <clears throat> I get it. Well, I do like this ham room. <laughs> it's just too. a good yeah. little sequence. Yeah. Um, at the press conference, the reporters eat up Keenan's story about his tuna stress disorder. <laughs> when the, he gets them on his side. They say, why are you asking for so much money? And by the end, they're saying, you should sue for $20 million. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He doesn't want to be greedy. Um, Keenan, 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 right here. Uh, thank you. Um, I understand you're suing Luna Tuna for $10 million. Why so much? Because I'm damaged. See, I now suffer from 
post-tuna stress disorder. What's post-tuna stress disorder? Oh, well, you see, every time Keenan sees a can of tuna, he freaks out and stuff. And I'm also scared of fish. And I have nightmares. What kind of nightmares? Well, see, there was this one where I was eating lunch and all of a sudden, I was attacked by a giant screw. <laughs> And I also had the jitters. <laughs> and the heebie-jeebies, they're all around me. They're all around me. If you ask me, you ought to sue Luna Tuna for 20 million. Yeah. 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 It's kind of an unusual, maybe, uh, Keenan kind of like freak out in this scene instead of Kel freaking out. Yeah. Yeah, he's... Yeah. Uh, throughout the... Uh, besides the iconic yeah. last scene, yeah. this is really a <laughs> Keenan freak out episode. Yeah. Kel's just kind of the yes man. Yeah. But he's still very, I mean, there's that, con- well, I guess we're getting there of the, um, when they go to the meet with the tuna company, mm-hmm. Luna Tuna. Uh, it, but Kel is not being like crazy, but he's being really funny just by being the yes man. Yeah. It's almost like there, maybe I wonder if they're still experimenting with the dynamics yeah, at this yeah. point of like who is who. When the vice president of the Luna Tuna Corporation catches wind of Keenan's story, he calls to set up a <laughs> Gentlemen, I don't want to beat around the bush. Hey, oh, me neither. Oh, like bush. <laughs> That's why we're ready to make you an offer. Oh, I see. And what is this offer that you are, um... offering? <laughs> we're prepared to offer you, Keenan, a lifetime supply of Luna Tuna. Yes! <laughs> what? All the tuna you can eat. And all the screws I can choke on, too, right? No. I came here to get $10 million. Not 10 million tuna. Luna. All right. $1,000. Take it or leave it. Take it. I'm leaving it. 5000 That's my final offer. Bye-bye. See you in court. The next day, Keenan and Kel meet with the president of the company, and after some negotiating, he offers to settle for $1 million and a lifetime supply of tuna. <laughs> after I, I love this whole scene, this yeah, whole negotiation. Uh, they really work their way from... Yeah. And I like that moment at the end of uh, Kel throw, asking to throw in the lifetime supply <laughs> yeah. of tuna. And yeah. the lifetime supply. Yeah. Um, Kel begs Keenan to take the deal, but Keenan refuses, and they're kicked out of the office. All right, hold on real quick, because yeah. I certainly was asking myself what I would do here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, maybe this is stray observations, but let's just go into it. Uh, sure. The first office, the first offer is a lifetime supply of tuna. Yeah. Do you take that deal? I'm not a big tuna fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big tuna fan. Uh, <laughs> That's all you're saying. <laughs> yeah. uh, I definitely wouldn't because it just feels like a lowball offer. Yes, you know? yes. Okay, so then they up it to a thousand dollars. No, definitely not. No, no. A thousand? You're gonna take a thousand? I mean, I ser- I considered it more than Keenan did. Ten million the lawsuits <laughs> for, and you're gonna take a thousand? Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess because I guess Keenan doesn't know this whole thing yeah. is fake. A thousand. I guess it depends on where I'm at in my life, because back then, a thousand might have actually sounded more like a million to me. Yeah. <laughs> Today, yeah. I'm like, a thousand? I could make that in a day, yeah. <laughs> if I'm doing my job right. 
But uh, yeah, a thousand doesn't sound like much. Okay. And if I believed that I really choked on a screw in <laughs> yeah, my seriously. tuna, I'm going to be a little more passionate. I'm going to show that this is something that I need to be yeah. reimbursed more. So than... you th- okay? So you think Keenan's in the right here? You don't think he's being greedy? I think the only question is if he takes that million or not. Okay, so wait. The and next officer, the next office office author was five thousand. Yeah, at which yeah. point, I went, "Oh yeah, I'm taking oh, 5000 man, yeah. <laughs> you are out of your mind. Five thousand is a lot of money just to throw in your it account. It is, but they seem to be scared. They're up in the ante. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they're headed for more money. Yeah. Um, but it's, once it gets to a million, a million in a lifetime of two. Yeah. Now, what yeah. do you say? I think I would have to take it. Yeah. I mean, it would depend how, like, crazy the uh, lawsuit was looking. Like, if it looked like it was going to take ten years, I'd probably just take that million. But in the it. case where you're representing yourself, and, oh, like, yeah, that's you don't have to insane. share the fee, <laughs> yeah, that's true. you should walk out with that million. Absolutely. It's the smart choice. Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, that's where Kel really needs to pull him aside. He tried. He did? Yeah. He oh, really yeah. pushed it. Yeah. Oh, Definitely. okay. No, 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 but Kel needs to be like, I need to talk to you for oh, a second. Oh, oh. Well, <clears throat> oh, man. But then he'd be admitting that it was a lie all along, and yeah. he might be like, we can't take anything for it. More So morally, let's say this happened. Let's yeah. say you choked yeah. on a screw, and I pulled you aside and oh, said, Andrew, I, I dropped it, but you could walk away with a million right now if you oh, just lied. I'm sure that would have been, Jeez. but I'm pretty sure Kel didn't, the point was he didn't want to admit that, right? I mean, he... No, he was trying to hold it inside, but I'm just offering kind of a hypothetical here of, like, what would you do if you knew you were lying, but you had a million dollars on the table? At that point, I'd feel guilty even taking the money, but I'd be like, uh... (laughs) You'd take it? How could you not? I don't know. That's a big... For the business to admit that they made a mistake, it's like, you guys think you're making a mistake? Well, then I'll go along with it. I mean, if they... Yeah, they're offering it. It's definitely tempting. <laughs> I just feel like somehow that's coming back to you. Karma. A million dollar lie. Like, I don't even know how, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I guess if you, if you believe in karma, you can't do it. But, uh... Um, so to, to prepare for court, <laughs> Keenan sets up a mock trial in his room, but Kel refuses to cooperate. Uh... Yeah, he just, like, can't pull himself together. Yeah, I, he's, like, trying to coach him, like, teach him what to say, kind of. Yeah. But Kel's acting skittish about it. Yeah. Thank you. Now, Mr. Kimball, where were you on the morning of Saturday, October the 6th? I don't think the monkey should be so close to the tiger. Will you forget about the monkey? <laughs> hey, no more monkey, okay? That's jury tampering. Now, where were you Saturday morning? Here. Thank you. Now, what happened? Your dad ate a muffin. Then what? Then I hit him with a tomato. <laughs> then what? He became angry. The tuna, man! Get to the tuna! I can't do this. I'm man, nervous. Yes, you can. And we're not, we're not sure why, right? Uh, right. No, like, we right. definitely don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's just who he is. He's just an yeah. ADD boy. Yeah. Like, he's all over the place. Yeah, this is a real, like... Twilight Zone twist at the end here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it takes hours of practice, but they finally get their story straight. 
And the, on the day of the trial, Keenan presents his evidence to the court and calls Kel to the stand to testify. But instead of giving the account they pr- practiced, Kel cracks, admitting over and over that it was he who dropped the screw in the tuna. <laughs> and we don't typically do this here on Big Orange Couch, but we're going to listen to the scene in its entirety. <laughs> I would like to call the first witness, Kel Kim. <laughs> Get up there, man. <laughs> why, you, why you following me, man? What's up? What's up? <laughs> Cal Kimball, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Don't, don't worry, hey, he does, he does. I'm a bullshit. No, I got this. <laughs> Mr. Kimball, would you care to tell the court in your own words what happened on the morning of October the 6th? <laughs> Perfect. Ma- a masterpiece of uh, of tween television. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's where I laughed so hard. <laughs> I laughed and I was like, "Wow." Yeah. Yeah. He. I. I can't imagine him doing more than one take of that. I feel like that yeah. had so much. The happened. physicality of it, like him crawling over to the judges' stand. Yeah. And then that thing he does with his feet where he has them <laughs> inverted, he's yeah, walking like on a, the sides Jim of his... Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, like, that's a lot. He yeah. was just... I loved it. I love that he went for it. Even the judge seems like maybe she didn't know that that was going to happen, you know? Yeah. It's like she seemed almost startled. Right. Uh, Everybody keeping a straight face, though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, they probably did more than one take, but this is so good. I love when they clip to Keenan's face for a moment, and he's like... Really, like, holding his lips together, like... I didn't even catch that. Just kind of stunned by it. <laughs> oh, I uh, thought you Because, like, I feel like you do see on some shows, like, almost people cracking up a little... I yeah, mean, at, yeah. at least, like, on Saturday Night Live and stuff, yeah. they do, but I feel like I've even seen on some other shows where... And I thought this would have been one of them, like, looking around, I'm like, yeah. wow, everybody's pretty well composed. And the thought of it, like, from the character's point of view, like, if it was... 
if he was actually admitting to it right then and Keenan was just finding out, uh, it's just a kind of funny setup, you know, like him finding out in this last horrible worst moment to find <laughs> yeah. out. Uh, well, after the show, Keenan assures us that he won't give up trying to find a can of tuna with an object inside. <laughs> But he suddenly gets a better idea, apparently, and pulls Kel away from his giant mound of tuna that he's sifting through. At which point, Bobby's like, what sick thought is he having now? <laughs> Actually, at that scene, I was like, I know that it's just props and stuff, but I wonder if there's ever, like, props that do stink, like, where, you know, it stinks, you know? Like, whatever, maybe, well, material they use. The slime. Classic Nickelodeon oh, yeah. slime. They said it would make the studio stink yeah. on the game shows. Weird to think about, like people suffering in the audience because of <laughs> the way they wanted to look. Because yeah. when I see that, I'm like, oh, that would be disgusting if it was actual tuna. But then I'm like, you know, I bet there are like things that are yeah. actually disgusting to smell, and that actors have to, and especially the audience, if that's a real audience that they have to sit through. Yeah, I uh, love the prop of this tuna, by the way the like mound of tuna that he's is next to him. I'm not a fan of tuna and I was like that's gross wait you don't like tuna <clears throat> um, I started eating tuna a little bit before I became vegetarian but before that I never ate tuna and then I just had a brief couple years of my life where I might have had a couple tuna salads I worked at Subway for a little bit so we had these big cans of tuna that we'd dump out and make this big giant thing of tuna salad and I didn't even eat tuna back then. You mean they make the tuna salad? Yeah. That's unbelievable. cans of actual, like, just tuna yeah. out of the can, like, you know, crumble it up. That's insane because of the amount of mayo in there. It's yeah, we just have giant like bags of way mayo. Way too much mayo. And if, gi- it's now like... that I know you're mixing it yourself, it's like, what's going on? Uh-huh. <laughs> just yeah. mix a little less. Don't they know? <laughs> <laughs> so that, I mean, that, I guess that means technically if they do... They are able to control that, so if you're thinking that it is weird in any way, that yeah, it's insane. They're capable of adjusting it at, at each store. Boy. Boy, Bobby just exposed the whole Subway yeah. franchise <laughs> right here on this podcast. I don't know. It's been many years. I know that they've gotten rid of some things and they've added different things, so maybe they've changed their tuna recipe. Huh. Uh, maybe they like... changed their tune. Uh. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you like tuna? <laughs> Um, I loved it as a kid. Huh. And I've worn off as I've gotten older. Wow. That's a weird thing. Yeah. Loved it as a kid. Loved and it. Dis- learned to dislike it as you got older. Yeah. I would eat it at a drop of the hat. I'd like wow. eat it straight out of the can. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like tuna's not far from anchovies I'm in my book. Um, huh. Oh. Well, uh, do you? Uh, yeah. I like it. Always it's have? about the only fish that I can kind of stand. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of with you. Unless you fry it. Fry it. Anything, yeah. Fry, yeah. Sure. Give me some fried perch. Ooh. Uh, I got into salmon. That's it. Huh. Okay. 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 Yeah, I've, I've had it. It's a little <laughs> fishy for me, but... Uh, okay, uh, do we want to get into all the extra yeah. little things? Let's do it. Hi. This is Bios, Trivia, Ratings... Stray observations. Well, um, I took a look at a couple of the actors in this episode. Tough to find the, um, like, extras. Uh, but I took a look at Cheryl Rockmore. She's played by Teal Marchand. 
She has seven total credits on IMDb. Wow. This is by far her biggest role. Okay. Um, and her first role was guest starring on Martin. Oh, good for her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I think I'll, I think some of the people behind Keenan and Kel are also oh. uh, Martin people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also took a look at Roger Rockmore. He's played by Ken Forey, and he's been in a lot of stuff, including Angry Beavers, the original and the remake Dawn of the Dead, oh. um, Devil's Rejects, Quantum Leap, Cheers, and X-Files. Wow. That's yeah. quite a resume. Yeah. You know what X-Files? Ah, uh, I didn't look. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, are you an X-Files fan? I, I used to watch it. I was so young that I don't remember what I liked about it. Okay. I remember watching it recently. It might have been a movie, and I was like, uh, this is hard to get into. So Yeah, yeah kind of hard just to jump in. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I took a look at the writer here, Kevin Kaplow. Hmm. Uh, you may know him better as Kevin from Figure It Out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming everybody knows him That's better amazing. for that. But he wrote this episode. <laughs> Um, he, uh, we discussed him a little bit on Turkey Day, but, uh, he's also part of, uh, the writer of 65 episodes of Singled Out, which I can't believe had a writer, but, (laughs) um, one episode of Space Cases, uh, he was a writer on the Good Burger movie. How many seasons of Keenan Kell were there? Uh, four or five? I, I have so many questions. Uh, there are four, four seasons, 65 episodes. Got it. Uh, Kevin Coppolo, also part of eight episodes of Kablam. Uh, he was the head writer on 33 episodes of Keenan and Kel, uh, 10 episodes of uh, all, the 90s version of all that, um, one episode of Eddie McDowd, uh, 12 episodes of a show called Stripperella. Uh, he was the co creator of that show. <laughs> I believe it was a Pamela Anderson really? uh, like cartoon. Oh, okay. Interesting. And then he has. Uh, one writing credit on the new version of all that, oh. which I've still not watched a full episode of, but um, <laughs> no, neither. It's good. Uh, he, he was the uh, sorry. He was the like stagehand guy in all that, right? Oh yeah, okay. yeah, that's yeah. him as well, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he's also a producer on the Amanda Show, all that new and old, Keenan and Kel, Cousin Skeeter, Stripperella, and Campus Ladies. Man. This guy Your is, head really swiveled when I said uh, Cousin is, Skeeter. No, no, no. no I was just, I'm, I'm amazed at his resume. He must have been on speed dial to the execs at Nickelodeon. Yeah. yeah. He's Go. really in a good position there. Yeah. Jeez. In a pinch, call Kevin. <laughs> uh, any trivia? Oh, yeah. Uh, the title is, of course, a reference to The Taming of the Shrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you may have some of the same ones. I, I have here in the dream sequence, Keenan gives away a hundred three thousand and one dollar. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you remember who that one dollar is for? Man, Kevin. Or I mean, uh, Chris. <laughs> yeah, Chris Rigby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that uh, Chris as a butler. As yeah. his butler. Yeah. Um, Kel says the famous line. That was said as the Hindenburg blimp was crashing. Oh, the humanity. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, let's see here. It, it says that uh, the classical music being played during Kel's dream about Ham uh, was used in several other uh, Nickelodeon shows at the, uh, around the time SpongeBob SquarePants, The Amanda Show, um, and then even The Munsters used oh, it from time to time. Wow. Yeah. 
Interesting. Um, Kina sings his tuna sandwich song to mm-hmm. the tune of La Bamba. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bye. Oh, hmm. Who sings La Bamba? Sure. Um, isn't there a movie about the guy? Mm hmm. Oh, what's yeah. his name? He died on the, the plane, cl- plane crash that killed Buddy Holly. Oh, the big I was bopper. Just talking about him the other. Hmm. I can't remember his name. Richie Valens. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. He was really young. I think he was a teenager, essentially. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I think that's all I have. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but someone is absent from this episode. Uh, Keenan's sister? Yeah. She never makes an appearance. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe she's not born yet. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she's not adopted yet. I don't know. Um, They don't spend a lot of time, really, though, in the house in this episode. True. They're really Um, out and about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, One more thing. I don't know if if you recognized this. Did you (laughs) catch... Why Kel's mask is familiar? You remember the mask that he's wearing? The I do mask? remember. It's a Frankenstein mask. Uh, We've seen it before. Uh, in a different show? Yep. Is it My Brother and Me? Yep. How do you know uh, that for sure? Uh, it just has a really distinct look. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's not the exact same like literal mask but it looks exactly the same that's know? the like they had multiples of it if it's not the exact same one that's the um episode where kendall the gill dunking booth yeah <laughs> kendall yeah. gill comes to sign autographs and they put on the mask yeah. in the shop to hide from their dad yeah wow great catch yeah how about that never forget that mask no <laughs> <laughs> uh lister observations got a ton of them okay well a bunch of uh, did you catch what Aunt Bertha's condition is? She's all puffy. She's all puffy. Yes, and I don't know if you remember this, but in um, Turkey Day, uh, Aunt Bertha was at the celebration, yeah. and she was also all puffy. puffy. And that is, that's another thing, because yeah. I was here when you guys did the Turkey Day yeah. last year, and uh, I was like, did we already do this episode? Uh, because... That was Aunt Bertha, yeah. But we actually did mention this exact episode, so this is my third time thinking about Aunt Bertha being all puffy <laughs> with you guys. Bobby's like, do they talk about anything else? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, well, they uh, when they sit down to watch the Chicago Bulls game, they predict what they think uh, the score will be. Did you catch the prediction? Uh, I feel like no. Uh, it was the same, Kel said the same one, whatever it is. Yeah, uh, uh, Keenan predicted the Bulls win by 26, and Kel then predicted the same exact thing, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, just an observation, when Kel is reading the paper at the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. do you notice he's wearing Roger's glasses? <laughs> That's funny. Um, Kel mentions having a cousin. Uh, do you remember what that cousin does for a living? like a circus performer yeah i was in the circus yeah. uh, i had an observation uh he took out a big thing of salami yeah uh what's the deal with that and why didn't he bring that into the living room to eat so what what was his plan with that yeah yeah a lot happened in the kitchen in that small amount of time that keenan left yeah <laughs> where'd this how do you drop a screw <sighs> boy i mean that's a huge hole in that <laughs> story yeah like what and what if he did did he want to kill Keenan? Was that his no, purpose no, here? No, 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 no never. <laughs> but why didn't he get it out of the tuna? 
he wanted to be a good friend. And well, bring how it did in. he even do it? Like Keenan closed his sandwich. Right. So for him to have dropped that screw in the sandwich after Keenan left, he would have had to open the sandwich and put a screw mm. in there. Uh, I think he accidentally dropped it. How? What was he doing? Where did he get the screw? When he was confessing at the end, did he say, I put the screw? No, dropped. I, I dropped. dropped. Okay, yeah. well, there it is. There's yeah. your answer. Uh, very that suspicious. Do you think accidentally? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're... I don't know. They're friends. I, I mean, that's know. the implication. They're not friends in real life, <laughs> but... though. They're not friends in real life. <laughs> what? Well, well, they say they are now, but yeah, they've maybe it. that's... <laughs> well, it's probably hard to do something like that with somebody for that long and not get on each other's nerves yeah true uh while keenan is choking kez kel says he'll call this number for help 411 yeah was it 411 yeah um at rigby's uh there's a sign on the wall that says turkey breast is how much yeah i don't know three dollars a pound hmm um, what did the woman find in her fried chicken that gave Keenan the idea to sue? Half a frog. Yep. How much did the woman sue for? $10,000? Yep, 10000 While talking to the lawyer, Keenan pours a can of this. Oh, I saw the can. I couldn't make it out. Uh, I could just barely. Is it mountain it. something? Yep. Mountain ale? No. What was it? Mountain whiz. Mountain whiz. <laughs> <laughs> Mountain Wiz. <laughs> uh, Keenan has a nightmare. He, he mentions having a nightmare. What happened in that nightmare? Oh, man. Okay, he was eating lunch when all of a sudden he was attacked by a giant screw. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Good nightmare. Um, Keenan pours the Mountain Wiz into a paper cup with a very familiar design on it. Did you uh, recognize this? Did not. It's a design called Jazz, and it's been uh, on like a million things. It's like the '90s yeah. design yeah. cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I'm gonna mention my favorite uh, my favorite quick line that really cracked me up here, uh, when the CEO of Luna Tuna says, "Gentlemen, I don't want to beat around the bush." And very quickly, you can hear Kels, not even loudly, you can just hear yourself say. I don't even like bushes. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go back and watch this now. Just that one part. Um, Keenan's symptoms from tuna stress disorder are these. Did you catch them? Uh, he has the jitters. Yep. Uh, he has a panic attack, essentially, when he sees a tuna can? Yeah, he says like, some specific things. Oh. Uh, well, go ahead. Uh, he has a fear of tuna yeah. and fish. Uh, he's getting nightmares. And he has the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, yeah, the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> uh, did you happen to catch the name of the judge in the courtroom? Man, no. That'd be Judge Harris. Okay. <laughs> That's my last one. Um... Did you catch Keenan's shirt when he was in the Luna Tuna building? Keenan's shirt. Uh, I saw Kells in a White Sox jersey. Yep, uh, that's correct. <laughs> um, oh, I did, but I can't remember now what it is. Oh, Dr. Homeboy? Yep. <laughs> nice. Wow. Um, did you catch what day Keenan choked on the screw? Ooh, good one. Uh, Friday. 
It was Saturday, October 6th. Really? Yep. Oh, boy. I was really looking for the date um, because I wanted to see if the Bulls would have played that day. Uh, Interesting. But the Bulls would not have played on October 6th. Oh. Yeah. The NBA season in 1996 didn't start until, like, early November. So another hole here. Wow. Um, Finally, I just wanted to mention uh, my favorite part in this episode, I think, was Keenan's reaction to turning back to Kel and seeing that he doesn't have the mask on anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about ratings. Uh, yeah. This episode has an 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Pretty has good. a 9.4 out of 10 on mm. TV.com. Like so it. out of five Kreb stars, what did you give The Tainting of the Screw? Uh, I gave it four and a half Kreb stars. Um... I loved everything about this episode, but I docked it for having so many, like, nonsensical plot holes in it. Okay. But everything else about it, I think, was great, and I totally enjoyed watching it again these yeah. years later. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was laughing throughout. <laughs> <clears throat> I, uh... This happens every time I come on here with you guys that we talk about it, I'm like, you know what? I think I do like this a lot more than I thought I did. But I, I wanted to say like 3.85 because if we're using the same rating system for all yeah. of the series of different things, you know, it's, I definitely think this might be, after talking about it, this could be one of the better Keenan and Kells. But uh, yeah, a lot of holes and a lot of things that I was like wondering what they're implying. So, hmm. yeah. Okay. Nice. That tuna, that tuna bit at the start's just... Rub me the wrong way. I was like, what are they, are they being weird? Like, you know. Uh, okay. Well, I gave this a 4.75. Wow. Uh, just missed a perfect score. Whoa. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> maybe I'm, maybe there's something I'm missing. I here. just think, at, like, pacing-wise, it was, like, very, it, like, went yeah. by very fast. Mm-hmm. By the time we got to the end, I'm like, oh, wow, it's over. Um, which sometimes doesn't happen with Keenan and Kel. It feels like it drags a little, um, every, like, little bit was kind of funny. It didn't feel like there yeah. was a scene where like there wasn't like kind of a funny thing happening. Um, I really enjoyed each part of it. I thought it gave Keenan and Kel both kind of like Kel of course has the most iconic moment of the series in this episode, even though he's kind of the side guy for the rest of it. Yeah. And then Keenan gets a ton to do in the episode. So it felt like a really good kind of equal weight episode for both of them. I don't particularly like episodes where we're hanging out with the family that much, so hmm. this one fulfills that. <laughs> fulfills that. Um, so. Even though it's missing some of the the prize Kel orange soda moments, what are some of the other things that he does? Um, I guess I just don't value those moments quite that highly. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I actually almost like that we see a little bit like pre-orange mm-hmm. soda mania. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. Uh, not a not a perfect episode of Nickelodeon, but I think for Keenan and Kel, probably a great Keenan and Kel. Yeah, I get that feeling too. Um, I think maybe Kel's like uh, final outburst um, is even more impactful because he plays like a lesser role in the rest of the episode. Yeah. So suddenly it's like, where did this come from? I know when I when I watched it. The second time, I'm watching him um, really more closely. If you watch Kel throughout it, 
and uh, there's no like real giveaways. No, that there, he has some secret that's bothering each, him. In each scene, there seems to be a small moment where he's almost trying to convince Keenan, but it's not enough, not nearly yeah. enough to like notice on the, your first viewing. Definitely not. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, well, do you want to name the episode? Yeah. Uh, call this one trial by tuna i said treasure of the tuna or treasure tuna tra- I was something with tuna and treasure you can put it any way you want <laughs> wait wait so what was yours trial by tuna trial by tuna first i said treasure in the tuna then i was like treasure of the tuna tuna treasure something with tunas and treasures <laughs> let's go with uh treasure of the tuna okay uh okay i'm gonna call mine something screwy Huh, okay. Something yeah. screwy. Yeah. <laughs> Is it uh, too adult to say, like, screwy, like, screw you and stuff like that? I mean, that's something screwy. Is that... Uh, I think if you said screw you, that'd be bad. But screwy means, like, kind of silly, right? Isn't it the same yeah. word as screw you? Do you want me to change it? No, no, no I'm just I asking. have another option. <laughs> <laughs> it's Nickelodeon, you know? Sometimes when people say, let's keep things Nickelodeon, it's Some, implying it. Something screwy. I my other one was uh, Kel Screws Up. Oh, I like that one. Huh. <laughs> you think I should change that one? <laughs> but then when it says Kel Screws Up, it's like implying that you know the ending Oh, already. yeah. Yeah, it does, kind of. But I love that idea of something screwy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll choose that for you. <laughs> um, so go around one more time. Where are they? Um, trial by Tuna. Treasure of the Tuna. Something screwy. <laughs> I like Trial by Tuna. Is that what is it? Trial yeah. by? I like that one. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, they're all fun. We'll post those and you guys can vote. Um, but we do have a couple letters. Do you want to check oh, out yeah. from some people? All right. So this one's from our buddy Quincy. Uh, he says, hey, BOC OGs, how's everything? Lately, I've been on a BOC binge since you've been on a break. Been going back to, and listening to episodes I haven't heard. The Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, uh, Laughing in the Dark versus Crimson Clown, were quite creepy going back and watching them. Not a fan of clowns personally, since It. Uh, the, cl- the Crimson Clown was eerie, but Laughing in the Dark was different. Aaron Taggart's creepiness uh, and the fact that the clown would call you while on your phone is pretty scary. I love the message of the episodes. Um, steal and suffer the consequences that's what he's saying the messages of those episodes are right oh because steal the nose and then write the kid steals yeah yeah that's true uh love the venus de milo interview he says that's uh his second favorite person on salute your shorts and he said the interview was very insightful um keep the nickelodeon movement going uh he said p.s how do you like the invader zim movie uh and what are your feelings on the are you afraid of the dark reboot we, we talked about Are You Afraid of Dark Reboot last week. Have you watched um, Enter the Florpus? I still haven't watched it. Have okay. you? No, I have not. No. Um, okay. So we're behind on that. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll share our thoughts eventually yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Quincy. Great to hear from yeah. you. Uh, this one's from Ethan. He says, hey, guys, is John Peel the pen name for Tommy Wiseau? Because this... <laughs> because... This is in reference to what? <laughs> This is in reference to the Tale of the Restless House, yeah, the book that we our wrote. book club. Yeah, uh, because the Tale of the Restless House is the book version of the Room. <laughs> oh, I'm, not sure, 
I'm not sure whether to be mad or relieved when reading Peel's novel. How in the world is this guy a published author? If he can get a book on shelves, surely anyone can. On the plus side, as an aspiring writer, it's given me a more confident outlook <laughs> on my own career. <laughs> Good. A book that was apparently released without a single edit, The Tale of the Restless House contains so many copiers that the reader becomes nearly paralyzed with the distraction <laughs> by the author's mixed tenses and bizarre sentence structures, to the point where I just started skimming entire paragraphs because I could start to assume where they were going. Beneath Peel's repetitive stream of conscious ramblings and obsessions with the words beyond and obviously, there's actually a fairly interesting story. Unfortunately, this is perhaps the worst book I've ever read. (laughs) (laughs) On the bright side, I love this book club idea and can't wait for more books, even if they are this bad. Your friend, Ethan. Well, I'm happy he braved it. (laughs) Yes. Very nice. We certainly brought up some, some... We brought up the idea that he did have a strange writing style. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, uh, um, but it was a good story. <laughs> I mean, an interesting <laughs> story. Uh, and then this last one we'll read here is from our pal Justin. This is about our Are You Afraid of the Dark writing episode. Oh. He says, I've given it some thought, and I'm writing you to tell the most bone-chilling tale that will haunt generations for years to come. I call this story The Tale of the Big Orange Grouch. Setting current day America with late with late season midnight society as adults. We start this story with a cold open as Tucker narrates. Tucker says it's November eighth, two thousand sixteen. Millions around the world are glued to their television set sets anxiously awaiting the election results. Camera cuts away from the story to a group of adults in their late thirties huddled terrified around a campfire. Stig, ah oh man, I hate politics. Tucker shrugs his shoulders and breaks fourth wall by looking directly into the camera. Nick or treat, gut buckets. I actually didn't write in to share an episode, but I thought <laughs> I thought I thought of something real quick on the fly to grab your attention. Pretty spooky, huh? I'm actually writing in to give my thoughts on today's write an episode for Are You Afraid of the Dark? First off, as always, everybody brought their A-game. I loved all three stories. The tale of the chess master was great. It reminded me of the premise of the tale of the forever game. The imagery of the players as mor- morbid chess pieces was fantastic. The tale of the monster bash had me sniffing out so many swerves that they kept me on my toes guessing. Ultimately, it reminded me of the Lost Boys with the evil boyfriend plotting doom for our beloved characters. Finally, the ghost, uh, the ghost in the parlor was a major hit with me. I love ghost stories. They terrify me. I think you're onto something with this spooky game. It, it sounds like something that would actually exist in the style of Bloody Mary. This one reminded me a little bit of the tale of Old Man Corcoran. All three of these could have been legit episodes of the show and captured the feeling of the series perfectly. I wish your crew was in charge of the recent mini re- recent mini miniseries. I give all three of you a standing ovation, and if I owned a movie theater, you'd be welcome to show these at any time you'd like. I'd even give I'd even give you a split of the concession money. Wow. <laughs> I don't want your popcorn yeah. money, Justin. <laughs> In closing, if I ever do get married, that'll be a hard day to compete with today for best of my life. Wow. I humbly thank you for making me a leader, uh, a lead character in an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? It's pretty wild, the similarities I share with your lead character. So the character in my story, Ghost in the Parlor, was named Justin. Uh, He says, your character, Justin Wilson, is eerily close to my first and middle name, Justin William, which is how my mom loves referring to me. 
Speaking of moms, I also come from a single parent household as my mom and dad split up when I was young. Another similarity is that we did move a lot when I was younger from state to state and I was the new kid often. Justin Wilson's character, mannerisms and attitudes are 100% me as a kid and debatably still. I'm sad Potober is over, but I'm excited for the future and more right in episode brilliance. Justin. Wow, really nice. Yeah, really nice, Justin. Thanks for uh, sharing your thoughts. Yeah. You got a good start there to an episode, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just chip away at it. <laughs> um, Bobby, you'll have to join us for a writing episode sometime. It's intimidating. It sounds like there's a lot that goes Wait, into Wait, no, you did our first one ever. Yeah, yeah. What did I do? Yeah, you did Keenan and Kel. <laughs> Remember? Oh my God. With the electronic drum set? I've gone on too many uh, tours <laughs> with bands. <clears throat> yeah, that was a great episode. I'll have to listen to that. Again. There was Weezer incorporated in there somehow. I honestly can't I think remember we- what I said. I think Weezer and Pat Wilson got sick, and they saw Kel playing on an electronic drum set at the guitar store, and they asked if Kel would join the band. Uh, I think this sounds awesome. <laughs> you wrote it. <laughs> I might have it in it somewhere. I have to go look for them. But no, I'll just listen to the episode. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to know we really leave an impact. I did. The, I did the first one. <laughs> yeah, that was our first ever writing episode. That's insane. Oh, we drink beer when we come here. Sometimes, not all the time. <laughs> what are you talking drinking. about, Bobby? <laughs> I've had. <laughs> <laughs> What's beer? <laughs> Very inappropriate for yeah, boy. I'm a 33 year old man <laughs> <laughs> that can't handle a tuna joke. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Well, uh, always great to hear from all of you. Yeah. Uh, we have more letters. We'll we'll keep catching up on future episodes. And speaking of future episodes, what do we have planned for Thanksgiving? Uh, next week, we're finally getting back to Rugrats. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking the turkey who came to dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you remember this one? Uh, vaguely. Yeah, same thing. I feel like once I see it, I'll be like, ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, we haven't talked Rugrats, I think, for a year. Wow. Yeah. I think since you know heat. the last one. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I think it was crazy. Heat. Um, so it's been a while, so it'd be good to get back to it. Yeah. Um, hopefully it's a better episode than heat. Um, <laughs> or heat wave. It's called heat, heat wave. wave. Yeah. 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 Uh, but in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, we are on Twitter at BOC Podcast. We're on Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. Uh, you can email us as uh, Quincy, Ethan, and Justin did at Orange Couch Podcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Podbean. You can find us on iTunes. It's really helpful uh, to leave a review. Helps other people find us. Uh, shout out to Tiro Shell uh, for their nice five star review and nice uh, feedback on iTunes. We really uh, appreciate that. Um, and uh, speaking of appreciating, Bobby, we appreciate that you took some time out of your busy schedule to. Talking in Yeah, yes. thank you so much for having me. I, I hope I remember this experience. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, something happened in between the time I was here last. <laughs> Do you remember the last time you were on? Do I remember what we talked about? Yeah. Hmm. You? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Uh, nope. I think it was uh, Oh Christmas Pete. Oh, oh that, yeah. Oh. That, yep. Yeah. 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 That was quite a while ago. What did I'm, I call the episode? Uh, yeah. Something about trash. Uh, I what it was. <laughs> but yeah, that that definitely. I hate garbage and trash. So that episode was. <laughs> I hate tuna and I hate trash. <laughs> what else do you hate? We'll invite yeah. you on the next time. Uh, we'll find out in the next you, episode. <laughs> you like scary stories? You might be good on an Are You Afraid of the Dark. Uh, 
No. You I don't like sc- So, yes, I would love to come. <laughs> wow. I like being safe yeah. in bright, like bright lit safe. areas. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we'll have to pick the wow. darkest episode of Are You Really Dark Possible? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we'll see you all next episode. I'm not gonna, I won't risk my time locked up alone inside my brain. Nobody knows the other life I wanna leave. Nobody knows locked up alone inside my brain. Nobody Nathan for you? Uh, everybody tells me I need to watch more. <laughs> I, I think okay. I've seen like one episode. Right. Why? They did absolutely at the end of that. Yeah, yeah. She's pretty good. But Zoe is cute. I can't wait for next week. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Zoe is cute. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've definitely been here for Thanksgiving before. You did tur- uh, Turkey. King and Kel yeah. Turkey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Turkey time? Er. Turkey Day? Turkey... Oh, talking Turkey? Sure. No, Talking oh, Turkey is cat dog. <laughs> you gotta stop making faces. Okay, yeah, like, look over there or something. <clears throat> Alright, so this one's from our buddy Quincy. 